Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. nice they say zionist as if somehow they're supposed to be different from jewish i don't think they mean it that way i think they mean it to be one and the same this is new york this post from congressman richie torres who is a democrat but man has he been vocal the two most vocal democrats on the subject of how despicable these jew haters are richie torres in the house And John Fetterman in the Senate, literally taking posters of those who've been kidnapped by Hamas and putting it by the door to his office. Fetterman. You don't know if he's mentally with it at all. He's doing this. He has been vocal or someone on his team controlling his account sure has been. It's unbelievable. Now, I get asked often, how come I sometimes see Jews um, posing with these uh, anti-Israel people? Uh, You sometimes see Orthodox Jews uh, doing this, beard, hat, payas, which is those curls, uh, the hair curls on on the side of the face. Um, Certainly, you see uh, progressive Jews doing this because they believe that their liberalism will save them. They had abandoned their Judaism long ago. Um, to explain uh, Orthodox Jews and, and, this, and this place, and I'm certainly not saying all, I'm going to have to bring in my rabbi for that one and really get into the nitty-gritty of that to make it understandable, and I don't mind doing it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833 got Tony 833-468-8669. 833 got Tony that that's the number I I must engage a conversation about the hate because we're seeing so much of it we're seeing so much of it it is everywhere it is ever present it is remarkable downright frightening, nutty. It is absolutely amazing that in New York, in 2023, a post could go out that reads, the flood Brooklyn for Gaza protest is scheduled for three o'clock this Shabbos at the Brooklyn Museum in Crown Heights. Uh, Jews celebrate Shabbat uh, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. That's the way they, they do it and is expected to draw large crowds in support of Palestinians in Gaza. Jews should definitely avoid the area, a police source told uh, us. There's no intel at this time in which the direction of the protest will lead. Locals should stay away from Eastern Parkway in that area. The New York Police Department actually stated Jews should definitely avoid the area? I don't avoid no place. Kiss my ass. This is also why I carry a firearm. A friend of mine, who I, who I grew up with, we were in the same Jewish youth group together. True story. 
uh, pointed out that, that it is insane that I have to get a gun because I'm Jewish. And right or wrong, the fact that I'd have to get a gun because I'm a Jew is disgusting in and of itself, but not illogical. I responded by saying, you don't have to get a gun because you're Jewish. You have to get a gun, buy ammo, and get trained because they want you to hide or just outright kill you. There's a difference. There's a difference. And as I stated before, while the focus of these Jew haters is Jews, clearly one could argue that there is a larger focus regarding what this does to Christians. The focus is going after Jews. The focus is very, very clear in this case. The focus is stuff like this at UCLA. If you can't hear it, Israel, Israel, you can't hide. We want a Jewish genocide. That's UCLA. Not known for having a not small Jewish contingent of students. So yes, the target is Jews. But never forget what is happening in these progressive programs regarding Christians. Because the objective is to turn you away from Jews, to isolate Jews by going after you. By going after you. By saying you shouldn't support me. You shouldn't know me. You shouldn't respect me. You shouldn't listen to me. And me, in this case, is actually me. Or it's name the Jewish group on a college campus at IU or Purdue or Ball State or Marion or UIndy. Name the place. Or in government or in, in anywhere else. It is to try and isolate people who are Jews by taking away the people who are supporters which is to say decent rational people who believe that Israel has the right to exist right to defend itself and understand that Hamas is a terrorist organization why do they take down the posters of those who've been kidnapped because if you leave them up you recognize that these people are human beings And they don't recognize Jews as human beings. They don't do it. Why do we keep bringing this up? Man, I don't want to, but every day there's literally something new. There is something new every day. And there aren't enough strong statements. At Emory University... The terrorist atrocities and ensuing war in Israel and Gaza have horrified us all, and the continued loss of innocent life is deeply painful. 
So many at Emory have risen to meet this challenging moment, fostering dialogue, hosting vigils, relying on religious leaders across faith, and learning, leaning into the expertise of our scholars. But anti-Semitic slogans degrade that important work and the mutual respect that underpins the Emory community. No matter how strongly you feel about an issue, there is another perspective to consider, and there are other people with their own beliefs, values, and history that you may not agree with or fully understand. Your words are powerful. I urge you to use them respectfully and in a manner that values every person in Emory. That isn't too much to ask. It's simply the right thing to do. It's stronger than most in a recognition of what's happening. Most people are silent. We will not be. We're going to share what's happening. But as much as I know it's happening to me and to my wife and to my kids, it's happening to you as well. And I see you. I'm Tony Katz. We faced adversity on September 11, 2001, when the towers and the Pentagon were unexpectedly struck, killing thousands of lives in an instant. We faced adversity right here in the House of Representatives, when on January 6, 2021, a violent mob of insurrectionists incited by some in this chamber overran the House floor as part of an effort to halt the peaceful transfer of power. That's Hakeem Jeffries, leader of the Democrats in the House of Representatives, who took a moment to introduce Mike Johnson as Speaker of the House to engage a conversation like that. It was a despicable display. And then went on to say he's a good man, an honorable man, the son of a firefighter, in introducing Speaker Johnson. And did you notice how he didn't even mention terrorists, took down the World Trade Center, took down, I should say, the Twin Towers, and attacked the Pentagon, uh, the flight in Shanksville, Pennsylvania? Doesn't mention radical Islamists. So no, no, that would be, that would be too, you know, honest. This, don't think that things are going to get better in the House anytime soon, but maybe I'm wrong. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Congressman Greg Pence joins us right now. He was there for all the votes. He was there for all the conference uh, uh, conversations. He represents the 6th District of Indiana. Speaker Mike Johnson, before we get to where the uh, political left is, your take on the new speaker, sir. Hey, good morning, Tony. Thanks for having me on. He's a great guy. He really is. I I had the opportunity to actually spend some time with him down in Louisiana. We went to a birthday party, and uh, he's a very nice person. Uh, uh, he's a very uh, faithful person, as folks saw yesterday in his speech. Uh, he was really, the, I'll call him the compromise because nobody can find anything wrong with Mike Johnson, even though Hakeem Jeffries uh, tried to make something up and and talk about him in a negative sort of way before he introduced him. Uh, I actually timed Hakeem Jeffries. He only went 14 minutes this time, uh, and instead of going 40 minutes last January, so we were all relieved at uh, the brevity of his speech yesterday. You you talk about him being this. Uh, I guess I'm I'm going to use the word uh, compromise. 
I was curious as to why the Republicans would go through the hassle of people they knew couldn't get the votes. Why didn't they start by searching for somebody who could appease? How did this process in your eyes play out? Well, Tony, there was a lot of Machiavellian uh, maneuvering going behind the scenes. Uh, there's the old guard that wanted to keep their position. There was the Freedom Caucus that wanted to cement their new authorities that they were trying to achieve. Uh, as you and I have talked both personally and then on air, I think a week or so ago, uh, it wasn't just a Kevin McCarthy issue. It just it wasn't just a Matt Gates issue. It was the Republican Party having a civil an internal civil war where folks were trying to seize the authority away from the conference. My, my vote was always for whoever uh, we voted in conference. Uh, I went to the floor and voted for the winner in conference, which is our rules, which has been our rule for 100 years. Uh, it's, that's the last time that, that we went to the floor and, and didn't elect to uh, and had multiple elections for speaker. Uh, and, Tony, I'm going to tell you, uh, listeners, buckle up. Uh, we'll see. We've got another appropriation bill today that there is a caucus in the Republican Party that introduced 100 amendments to something that had passed out in what we call regular order. It went through subcommittee then full committee, then to appropriations. Uh, this is the energy water bill. Uh, and then uh, there's groups uh, that have, have wanted, want to change that with 100 plus of amendments today. And so if they don't get what they want, we'll see this afternoon if that bill actually passes. Because this is what happened first on July 26th. And when we came back September 12th, it, this is what led uh, to the uh, motion to vacate of Kevin McCarthy. We couldn't get uh, the appropriation bills passed. And then when we were forced to do a CR, continuing resolution, so we could continue to work on appropriations in regular order, we had a bill that reduced spending temporarily on a Friday weeks ago. Uh, they did not. Uh, 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 let's see, 21 folks voted no on that. The next day when Kevin McCarthy introduced the CR that, that got Democratic support, then they, then they removed him from that. So if this group doesn't get what it want, go, wants going forward, uh, we'll see what they're going to do. Uh, I'm very disappointed in this. I'm a team player. I know uh, uh, Hoosiers think that way as well. Talking to Congressman Greg Pence of the Indiana 6th uh, District. You find him at pence.house.gov. Go over it with me again. Who are, the, who are these uh, people who are already not wanting, not wanting to play on the team? It, in a, it's parts of the Freedom Caucus, Tony, but it's other folks, too, in juxtaposition to, let's call it the internal hard right versus the internal moderates, uh, I, I, I kind of the, the folks from the people that won in Biden districts don't want to be as extreme 
as some of the people that want to, you know, burn the house down. And, and uh, 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 you know, we all liked what President Trump did, Trump and Pence. Uh, but the reality is we don't have the White House right now and we don't have the Senate. And we have to think in incremental uh, ways instead of, you know, let's just take everybody on it. We don't have the power. Uh, and so the moderates that want to remain in the House and help us retain our majority sometimes are put in a position that they can't go with what the hard right groups do. And it's very individualistic. It's not the same people every time, Tony. Uh, you know, it's not even a case where name names like it was 21 that voted against our CR on a Friday and the next day it was uh, it was then it was uh, 11 that got rid of uh, that mo- mo- motion to vacate McCarthy. And then it was the crazy eights, as McCarthy called them. And then all these votes we've had since since the very beginning and finally culminating in somebody that those two extremes in my conference could agree upon was a decent, nice person. But uh, I had when I was in Marine Corps, Tony, I had a guy tell me one time, it's easier to be uh, a, a hard guy than it is to be a nice guy. It's a better leadership style. So I hope Mike uh, calls us to task and doesn't let the extremes in the conference kind of tear things up again going forward. Talking to Congressman Greg Pence of the Indiana 6th District. Uh, It's weird that 24 hours, less than 24 hours in, we're already in a, well, this is going to be weird. This is going to be problematic. Where is this Republican Party going? What are the first three pieces of legislation you'd like to see uh, Speaker Johnson put on the table? Well, what, practically speaking, what we have to the appropriations need to get passed, okay? But we can't get all – right now we've passed 12 appropriations bills. These are funding bills for the listeners. We've got eight more to do. We're going to try to do one, one today. Uh, I, we're, we've got to do that, but we're out of time now, Tony. The, the, the reality is we will have to extend the time. We will have to have a continuing resolution. And I would remind the listeners that the continuing resolution last time we vacated the speakership. Uh, McCarthy was thrown out for that. So we have to do a continuing resolution. Next week, we will work on uh, uh, some form of a Ukraine border, Israel, Ukraine funding bill. And each of those come with. Specifics, we'll have to get into the details and the weeds and happy to talk about that when we see what our options are. We know that the White House wants to combine those. We do not want to combine those. Uh, we want to put a lot more uh, oversight on anything that goes through Ukraine, and we want more direct funding uh, for the border. So there's two, okay, continuing resolution, uh, uh, the, the I'll call it defense package because I consider our border a defense issue. And then the third, of course, is getting those uh, appropriations passed. So those, that's the order. We were supposed to be off. We were supposed to be in session the next two weeks and then off the two after that. We will be in session till Thanksgiving. 
Congressman Greg Pence from the Indiana 6th. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I have got more to get to. This is Tony Katz Today. out this economy because I cannot you figure it out you figure out how the GDP grew at 4.9% do you know how big that number is Uh, uh, allow me that number is out of control huge if we were growing at 4.9% a quarter I don't even I, I, I'd be afraid. That is that is a China kind of number of growth. And remember, they also lie. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And, and uh, it's funny. I was going to reach out to you about this. You reached out to me about something else, which I had already kind of known about, but I wanted to dig into. But this 4.9% number freaked me out until I read that this can include not only consumer spending, increased inventories, which I have questions about, exports, residential investment, but government spending. So let's start with the basics, Dr. Matt Will. 4.9%, what does this number tell you? Well, it's a good number. I mean, come on, 4.9% is huge. We should be very happy about it. But I have to give you an example. Let's take the example, Tony, of if you walked into the street and you had a new Bugatti, you had a Rolex watch, you had a diamond pinky ring, and everyone's saying, wow, things must be going great. But then we find out that, you know, it's not because you had an expansion of ratings or a huge new, uh, you know, network of people taking on your show. That would be wonderful. But what if you did it because you simply put it on your credit card? You simply said, hey, I've got a new Bugatti, but I charged it to my credit card. So the 4.9 doesn't tell us much. We have to look under the hood. And what we find out is the reason this number is high is not for a lot of good reasons. It's actually for some bad reasons. Let's talk about those bad reasons because the market has responded as, oh, yeah, this is not great. The Dow is down 173. The Nasdaq is down 236. I think one of the bad reasons is that they include government spending. Was there something that got attributed, whether it was a COVID spend or something else, that would make this number rise so greatly? Sadly, this is simply back to the old government spending mentality. It's not COVID spending. It's not any kind of recovery spending. It's strictly regular government spending. And if we dig into the details, this is what we find. Consumer spending, government spending, and inventories. Those are the three driving factors. And the government spending, federal government spending, is up, up 6.2%. That is dragging this up. And that is not a good reason for the GDP to go up because the government's growing at 6.2%. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. This is regular, plain old USDA choice spending, but... We were last quarter, I think, what, what, 2.1% in the second quarter? So we doubled it. That doesn't seem like everyday spending, sir. 
Well, there's more to it than that. Also, there's consumer spending. And this is what scares me. And this relates to another topic that I think you and I may touch on here in a moment, which is loans. Because what happened last quarter is personal savings dropped from $1 trillion to $777 billion. That means the consumer took that much, almost $250 billion out of savings to buy daily stuff. And, and they took on significant amounts of debt, and they're starting to default on that debt. So for some reason, the consumer is not being very responsible at the moment. I can't understand why. I'm not a psychiatrist, but the consumer has some false thinking in how they're behaving right now. Let's talk about one of the places where this is starting to show. We know that credit card debt has topped $1 trillion. We know that the interest rates on credit card debt continues uh, to go up. It was Bloomberg reporting uh, a few days ago, went quietly by the stories, that car owners are falling behind on payments at the highest rate on record. What is the data and how do you interpret that? Well, the highest rate on record is now 6.11%. And we've only been keeping data since 1994. So 6.11% default rate on car loans. This is tragic because some of those car loans are people who are paying um, subprime rates, which may be 13, 14, 15% on a loan. But that's just the car loans. Credit card loans are defaulting at 7.2%. People have to think about this for a moment. A 6% default rate, that means 6% of all the loans aren't getting paid back. And then credit cards, 7% not getting paid back. And Moody's forecast that the credit card rate is going to go up to 10. 10% default. One in 10 people with credit cards won't pay them off. That is not a good thing because they're spending. Makes the GDP look good, but it's not a good thing long term. It can't be a good t- uh, thing long term at all because it means that that money is being spell- spent elsewhere. As I have always understood it, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, the thing that you don't pay is your mortgage. It's much tougher to get you out of your house. It's much easier to repo your car. This is very backwards to me from a survival standpoint. I'm not arguing that you shouldn't pay your bills. I am saying that if you are up against the rock in the hard place, you would not pay your mortgage first and you would keep your car because you still need to get to work or do all the other things and have a chance to get out of the economic uh, issues that you're dealing with. So you're right. This is a very awkward kind of thing to witness. Has anybody out there proffered a guess, a philosophy, a theory that you think has at least some validity? Oh, uh, Tony, I know the answer. The answer is because the people that are getting mortgages have much stricter requirements than they did back in the crisis of 2008. In 2008, we had this disaster. We're seeing that disaster now play out in car loans and credit card loans. Because when you look at the Fitch report, that's the one you and I are referring to, that report talks specifically about subprime car loans. We haven't heard about subprime loans since the mortgage crisis of 08, which means car loans and credit cards are still being handed out like candy to people who can't pay them back, where mortgages are much tougher to get at the moment. Mortgages have been tougher, and we know that the 30-year fixed has gone uh, to um, 8, 8%. We take a look at the 10-year Treasury, which did crack 5%. It has been 5% all through, uh, uh, I think it was 
I wasn't. It was last week. It was in the 4.9s. Uh, earlier this week, right now, playing at 4.897. But that doesn't matter. The spread is now over 300 basis points. U.S. mortgage rates have moved higher for the seventh straight week. 8% is now the standard, correct? I'm sad to say that is true. And the other part of it is that if, if I've read the data right, it is 50% more expensive to buy a house than to rent a house. Correct? Yes, because you have closing costs. You have points you have to pay. Um, the bank has to make a profit, which is the spread. You have to buy a, an, an appraisal and a credit report. Yes. So, so you should rent. You shouldn't buy right now. Isn't that terrible to say, I'm recommending you rent a home rather than buy it? It's now for for places, you know, where where you can still maybe pay cash or whatever. If you've moved from a place that was very expensive, like California, you're moving to a place like Florida or something like that. It may still pay to to pay cash. There may actually be some deals on the table uh, from those highs. But I, I is is there anything that has historically shown that when renting is better than purchasing, it means X, like we see an inverted yield curve when you've got the six month doing better than the than the ten year or the thirty year uh, on loans? Well, you know what, Tony, I don't have that information at my fingertips to tell you that yes, renting is better, uh, buying a home is better. It's very individually based and it's very market based. You know, Indiana versus New York versus California. So I, I don't know that I can give you an answer specifically on that. So I'm sorry. It's okay. I just didn't know if there was something, you know, that 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 existed with the inverted yield curve or or something like it. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, the continued unfine of this economy. Uh, My my argument has been that uh, you can either let these things happen to you or you can do things maybe uh, to help make it make it better. And one of the things that has come up in an anecdotal conversation, now this is a quasi-investing advice question, but I want it clear that I don't give investing advice. I know nothing. I, I, politics, culture, cigars, I'm your guy. Investing, pfft, right out. You can invest in me. That's a smart investment. My, me giving advice about the market. Are you seeing people or have you casually advised people that the best place for your money right now is those money markets paying over 5%. Uh, the Wall Street Journal had a piece two days ago that, you know, your 401k used to be you put the money in there, you left it be, next thing you know, you were rich. Those days are over. Should you be still engaging in classic investing or should you be taking your investments, converting them to cash, and then putting them in some kind of 5% money market and, and leaving it be. I think I lost him. I think I lost well, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Was the question too much? Are you there, Tony? T- yeah, I'm here. There you go. Good to have you back, sir. So okay, that was so the question. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give you advice on this, and I will tell you that people should invest constantly, and they should be consistent in what they invest in. They shouldn't try to time the market and move it into this asset, out of stocks, into bonds, into treasuries. That's not a wise thing to do. People should invest regularly and constantly into the market. That being said, I have, and my clients have, tactically moved a little bit more into treasury short term. A little bit. Not a lot, 
a little bit overweighting than we would normally be into treasuries because of that 5% that you're getting on short terms, a little less into equities at the moment. And if you have the ability to get in private equity, you should always be there. Yeah, that's, 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 that's more than I even understand. I, 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 I admit clearly this is so, so not my world. Uh, the, the economists, are you guys looking for something? Is there something that, that a moment that happens uh, in, in, a, in a bad time and in a weird space where it indicates, okay, the turn is here, whether that turn is positive or negative? Um, yes, but the problem is the turn is negative. The Wall Street Journal had a really good um, article on the battle between Jerome Powell and federal spending. That means Biden. And that's something you and I have been talking about for many, many, many weeks. And that was an excellent article because it talked about the fact that the federal government is doing everything it can to harm the economy. And Jerome Powell is trying to save it. And uh, that's a negative sign, in my opinion, because federal spending is continuing. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More is coming up. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today. We're talking about Maine. 18 people dead. The shooting that has taken place. And the questions that are already being asked. This guy was a reservist. Hearing voices. Got committed. How was he let out? What weapons did he have access to? He's a guy who who was a trainer in 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 firearms. If you're committed, what is the next step that's supposed to happen? What in the world goes on with uh, the military in this situation? Different than what could be happening with uh, with citizens. Military could have different rules. Meanwhile, Robert Card is his name. Robert Card, that is the person of interest. They're still searching for him. Considered armed and dangerous. Went into two locations, not three, two locations. And just started firing. The initial reports were 22 dead, over 50 injured. The most recent report from the governor, Janet Mills, I believe her name is, uh, 18 dead. And 13 injured. Numbers do change. Information becomes uh, more understood. That is that is that is true, and that is correct. So that's where we are on this update. And of course, Corinne Jean Pierre, the anyway, White House. Last night, about the time the shooting, they're they're going to were. do exactly what it is they do. Time to find common ground. Let's work together to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Let's work together to enact universal background checks, require safe storage of guns, and keep guns out of the hands of criminals and dangerous individuals who have no business being armed with a weapon of war. First, I won't even listen to the weapon of war stuff. Secondly, how did this guy get his weapons if he was hearing voices and threatened to uh, engage an attack on his own base, whereas a reservist, he was uh, stationed, I believe is how it's being described. 
but no background check would have mattered here. He already had the weapons. That's what, that's at least what we know right now. The idea of a high-capacity magazine being the issue, why would my rights in any way be curtailed because of the actions of somebody else? I reject this out of hand. I reject it wholeheartedly. Rejection. But they don't mean anything. All they do is say the same old, same old, same old. They won't dig deep on what causes these issues. They won't dig deep on why we're having these mental breakdowns. They don't dig deep. They don't do, uh, what's the expression? That's right. They don't do the work. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And as is being reported right now, Israel has started some ground incursions in Gaza. We were told that the ground war was going to be delayed while the United States was engaged in planning some weaponry around the area. Maybe not. I'll have more updates on this tomorrow, everyone. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow. Take care.